Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. I want to encourage you to go uh, check out the podcast page on my website. Some of you might not know about this. If you're enjoying the podcast and maybe you haven't happened to listen to all 300 episodes, <laughs> but who wants to go through the list, right? There is a search bar. If you go to the podcast page on my website, there's a search bar at the top of the list of podcasts. And so you can put in a keyword like dyslexia or struggling learners or um, early years or whatever. And there are episodes that should come up. I mean, I would think with 300 episodes, you should be able to find something that you uh, really want to listen to. And it's hard when you don't really want to go through all those episodes. Um, although that's another idea because there might be something there that you didn't realize you needed to listen to. But <laughs> if you're looking for something fast, the search bar is the way to go. So um, we are thankful that you're here today. I have a very special guest who is talking to us about homeschooling kids with dyslexia. Um, before I uh, read her little bio so you can get to know her a little bit better, maybe you listen to the first part of this um, episode, th these two episodes. This is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, go and listen to that. It's super encouraging. Um, but before I do that, I just want to invite you to check out my favorite homeschooling magazine, which is Homeschooling Today. You can go to homeschoolingtoday.com. You can see the digital version there if you want to, but I love the printed version. It's beautiful. I love getting something in the mail and sort of like hiding away with my cup of coffee or tea and um, just getting a few moments to myself. Um, the thing I love about homeschooling today is that they have a simple and unhurried approach. Um, so we're very much on the same page that way. And I, I actually write articles for them. Um, every quarter. And we just started a new thing where I'm doing what's called Dear Dorenda. So it's like a Dear Abby kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm excited about that as well. So again, welcome. Thank you for being here today. And uh, here's a little introduction to my friend, Marianne. She is a homeschooling mother of eight unique children, ages 11 to 30. She is also an author, a speaker, and because seven of her eight children are dyslexic, a passionate dyslexic dyslexia advocate with a mission to educate and encourage families to understand dyslexia as well as to discover and nurture their God-given gifts, their children's God-given gifts and talents in and outside of the classroom. Her website, uh, Homeschooling with Dyslexia, provides weekly articles on homeschooling kids with ADHD and dyslexia that will bless and encourage you. And you can find her at homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. We will include that in the podcast notes, of course. Welcome back, Marianne. We're so glad you're with us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we had such a great conversation in the last episode. Um, I, I don't I don't have kids that I'm I'm trying to, you know, educate that are dyslexic, but I was encouraged by it. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just sort of that, um, I don't know. I think it's just recognizing that as moms, we do have this really unique nurturing nature for our children. And if we can just take the time to hone in on that. And I, I think um, that's a lot of what we were encouraging um, that we're going to be fine and our kids are going to be fine. Um, mm -hmm. This episode, I really want to dive into a few more specific questions um, about dyslexia. I can't believe that seven of your eight kids have dyslexia. 
<laughs> so it's, it's genetic. It must be dominant. Yes, definitely. Or I have some dyslexia in my background somewhere. Right, right. Yeah. But that's amazing. But I love this because it has equipped you to help moms who want to homeschool their kids and are concerned with that specific diagnosis. Um, and I, I, you know, I love your website. It's very easy to, to navigate. You have so much great information there. So I'm really encouraging moms to go check that out. But in the last episode, we, we did a lot of encouraging. Um, we talked about, you know, misdiagnosis. We talked about the fact that we're more aware now than we were even, you know, 10, 15 years ago about dyslexia. Um, but it still can be a little intimidating, especially for a mom who wants to homeschool her kids. And we, we went over this last time, but I think I'm going to start here anyway, just to sort of little review uh, about one thing that we covered. Um, and that is like, when should a mom be concerned? You know, you talked about the early years, there were some things that we can watch for. So if you could just review that and then maybe talk about as they get older, uh, just some other signs that might help moms know whether they need to maybe be thinking about, you know, some sort of testing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so when to be concerned might be, um, you know, if you know that there's dyslexia in your family, I would be aware of what the early signs of dyslexia are. We talked about those in the last episode, uh, you know, Google a sign of uh, a list of early signs of dyslexia. Um, I am not a huge advocate of testing young children. Um, the reasons I would suggest maybe testing a kid would be that um, you don't know what's going on. Um, maybe you, um, maybe your kid's in school and you're not sure what's going on and they're struggling or something. Maybe you have family members who are critical of your homeschooling. Um, but it's almost always, um, if, if you have a kid who's struggling with language arts, they're struggling with reading, spelling is always difficult. Uh, maybe handwriting, memorizing math facts, and so forth. If you're having a, if you have a child that's struggling with that and it's persisting, right? So they're, you know, um, then you can, you know, you would be right to think, oh, perhaps they are dyslexic. When you said be concerned, I, I'm not even thinking that you need to be. That's not the right word. Aware is probably mm-hmm. the right word, like being aware that your child isn't progressing like a traditional learner, um, looking at those signs of dyslexia. It's it's pretty straightforward. There is no other reason for a child to struggle with reading um, if they have a read, you know, ample opportunity, which all homeschoolers have, um, or, or all homeschoolers who are listening to this wondering, <laughs> are doing a good job, you know, a good enough job. It's not your fault that your kid's not reading. Um, it's not the, well, it could be the curriculum a little bit, but there's timing. So if your kid is seven or eight, you know, and they're still really struggling, um, I would, you know, consider that they may have dyslexia. I would, the first thing I would do though is not test necessarily. Um, the first thing I would do is implement using an Orton-Gillingham reading program. That would, that's your all about reading and all about spelling. A logic of English is very good. Um, re- I like reading horizons for older kids, but for mildly dyslexic kids, it's good in the younger years. They have two levels. Uh, Barton is another Orton-Gillingham program. So there's four main programs that are designed for 
uh, parents to use at home. Um, so I, you know, if I was concerned about my child's reading progress, I would immediately switch to an Orton Gillingham program. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, when you say concerned, I'm like, when should you be concerned? You know, yeah, I love that. Like, depends on how you define concern. Right, right, right. <laughs> if concerned is worried, we, we don't need to worry. No. I, I like the word aware. I think that was a really good, mm-hmm. a really good choice of words. And, you know, we don't need to panic. And I'm wondering, you know, is an early diagnosis helpful or does it cause more problems in terms of growing a dyslexic child's confidence in schoolwork? So, again, a diagnosis is not the real issue. Um, awareness is. Okay. So uh, there are like there are reasons to get your kids tested even as they get older. You know, perhaps they're going to want accommodations on a college entrance exam or want accommodations in college. So they might need that diagnosis. Um, but otherwise, if your child is struggling with reading and spelling, then the thing to do is choose a correct, well, get educated, you know, dig in, not to worry, understand that they can learn and will learn. It just takes longer. Um, and teach them where they're at with a program that works. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, would it be, do you have these kinds of things, this information on your website? I'm assuming. Yeah. I think at the top of the site, there's a a tab that says start here mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of good getting started. I have a lot of free resources that you can download to help you like pick curriculum or just knowing how to get started homeschooling. Right. Those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, because I, um, I feel like sometimes Googling things can just be a disaster. So, you know, I mean, it, yeah, it depends on where you go because there's still, I mean, we were talking about homeschool conferences in the last episode and you know, even at the homeschool conferences, there's a lot of different people speaking about learning differences. And I'll tell you one thing right up front. Like if you're at a conference and someone is speaking and they're selling a $300 program, they're selling you. It's an infomercial. Mm -hmm. They're selling you something. Mm -hmm. Um, So be very mindful of that kind of Mm -hmm. thing because it really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So another reason why I started my site to help people make decisions for themselves. Right. You got to understand what dyslexia is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a vision issue, right. right? It's it's a it's actually a processing issue. Right. right. So sometimes you'll hear it called auditory processing. Um, uh, I forget the technical term, but auditory processing disorder. Right. I hate that word. Right. Or visual processing disorder, but basically it's a it's a processing lag. And um, functional MRIs were done on people with dyslexia while they were reading. So it's basically an MRI that's scanning the brain while in action. Right. And what they found was that the brains of the dyslexic readers, that like the impulse would go in through the eye and then it would take this really convoluted path to get to the brain mm-hmm. or to the reading center of the brain. Whereas like a traditional, like a regular reader, it, they would the input would go in through the eyes and straight to the reading center of the brain. So it's a processing issue. In fact, research has shown that with systematic reading instruction like Orton Gillingham, um, that that pathway straightens out mm. and it gets more direct. So, wow. um, yeah. That, the brain is amazing. I mean, it's amazing how it really we is. can just, we can get um, certain pathways kind of burnt into our brains and, and that can be good yeah. and bad. You know, I've heard this about yes. complaining and thankfulness, you know, it, 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 it can be a real struggle to, to change that. But, um, but it really, our, our brains are kind of wired 
for um, the quickest path. And so I, I think sometimes it takes a while to gr- make that groove, I guess is what I'm saying. And it sounds like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. really what we're, we're kind of doing. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, often moms already feel inadequate to teach their kids. And so how doable is it really for a mom to think that she can give her dyslexic child an adequate education? Yeah. Well, from where I'm coming from, it's a hundred percent doable, but I, there is a learning curve Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Um, You know, you've got to get yourself around other parents who are doing it you know, who are homeschooling outside the box kids. If your homeschool group doesn't have a group, start one Mm -hmm. because they're really great way. Just get together for coffee or Mm -hmm. get together at the park while the kids are playing. And that, I mean, a lot of great information sharing happens in situations like that where you can share resources or tutors. And that's a point I wanted to make, like, some parents will come to me and they're really, their, their child, maybe they're 11, 12, they're still really struggling with reading. And they're getting into the tween years, which is a really, it's a really key part of development where they're starting to identify with who they are, you know, like, who am I? And if they're like, don't have something they're good at, or if they're severely deficient with something, to paired with, you know, the argumentativeness, maybe where they're just saying, you know, they're associating you with reading instruction. <laughs> they're like, this is hard and I hate it. And I don't like you either, you know? <laughs> um, so there are, I mean, you can hire a tutor. Mm-hmm. You know, it just needs to, not to the Kumon and the like after school programs, but an Orton Gillingham tutor, Barton or some other training. Um, hire a tutor, you know, right. um, and take that whole language arts element off your plate right. uh, if that's overwhelming to you. Mm-hmm. Because, so, and some, so there's something that we didn't talk about in the last episode, but some, there's variations of severity of dyslexia. So you were saying that, well, maybe my kids were dyslexic. Well, they, if they were, they were more mildly dyslexic. And many people who are mildly dyslexic kind of go through school and they're just like, school was hard for me. I didn't like it. So I became an artist or an actor or or whatever, you know, and they're just like, they're like, I wasn't super academic. Right. And so that's their story. But other people, you know, these underlying weaknesses of auditory processing, visual processing, working memory, executive function, these four underlying factors can vary. You know, so you have kids who are more profound and kids who are more mild and kids who are more moderate. And so if you have a kid who's getting older and, you know, they're 12 and they're really still struggling a lot, it's a good idea to hire a tutor, hire somebody with more experience, somebody who's got lots of tools in their toolbox that to, for, to reach kids or ha- hacks for teaching. Um, you know, that's a good idea. So. So yes, you can do it. Um, you shouldn't try to do it alone. And there's different ways to connect on my site. I have different right. groups that you can join here and there. But um, And then learn about how they learn. I also have courses for parents. In fact, there's a sale coming up in April. Great. Um, that are invaluable for just getting up to speed really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, what is dyslexia? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What can I expect? And then what works? How do I teach them to read? How do I teach them to spell? And and, and then implementing those things. Right, right. Um, so, um, and the, the biggest takeaway really is, is what you always say. Just teach your kid mm-hmm. where they're mm-hmm. at to the best of your ability. Right. Right. <laughs> and and the rest, you know, it'll work out. It really does. I mean, there were one of my sons, he's 24 now. 
He was so dyslexic. I thought, oh my gosh, what is this kid ever going to accomplish? And how is he ever going to be able to be successful? He's had like five years of tutoring and um, he had ADHD and it was just like, oh my gosh, such, such a hard academic experience. And then he graduated and he did an apprenticeship with his dad as a boat builder, shipwright kind of thing. Um, which was awful because they're completely opposites, you know? And like I said, it's messy. When things are messy, we get afraid. We're like, how is this ever going to work out? We just can't see. And we got to remember that God did create our kids with strengths Mm -hmm. and purpose (laughs) so they can walk in those, um, or they can walk in those strengths. They can use those strengths to fulfill that purpose. Well, that kid ended up taking what he'd learned, um, you know, through school and scouting and working with his dad um, to launch his own business that's using his own unique strengths. He's very people strong. He's uh, very organized, like, you know, you were saying about your younger son. Um, And so he was able to connect people in ways that they haven't been connected before and offer services to people in the yachting community. And so he's wildly successful. Like took took his college fund invested it, mm-hmm. um, and never looked back. And so, I, I mean, I, I, it's, tr- it's hard sometimes. You're looking at your kid and, and you're thinking, if you can't write a five-paragraph essay, how are you going to succeed in life, right? Why do we even think I, that? Right, right. Why do we even think that? Um, that's, if you're wondering that, that's my new book. It's called No More School. <laughs> um, it's, it's no more school uh, meeting the educational needs of kids with dyslexia and other language-based it. learning differences. And the reason I wrote that book was because there's a big difference between school and learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to kind of, and in the book, I kind of deconstruct the whole idea of school and education and intelligence and value, right. like human value and say, like, this is where this stuff comes from. Right. You know, we don't need to be beholden to these kinds of standards. Mm-hmm. And believe me, if I could, I would. <laughs> I am way more comfortable inside the box. I would much rather just hand my kids a workbook and a textbook and say, you know, see me on Friday. Right, right. <laughs> um, but God didn't have that in the cards mm-hmm. for me. And so I've had to really try to f- make sense of my kids who are incredibly smart and creative and capable and so many things yet the academic the traditional education part was not happening so I had to make sense of them and that's kind of what I did right. in that book but and we we just teach them where they're right, at right? right didn't you have a child sail around the world <laughs> yes <laughs> So there's that. I, know, I feel like that's, I feel like there's a whole other, that's a whole other episode. But yeah, yes, it is a whole you know, other episode. But I'm just saying, I, I think the point is they're all doing very different things. It sounds mm-hmm. like, or at least the, the few that I know, um, that I know of. And, and that's exactly what we want, right? We want them to do the things that God has called them to do. And they can be very different from one another. And I don't know yeah. if you've ever had this experience, but I feel like people think if you have a whole bunch of kids that they're all the same. And I don't know why, where they get that. <laughs> like they somehow think that if you have eight, they're all just going to be like little cookie cutters. And that's the big comment that we're always getting from people is like, all of your kids are so different from each other. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, why it's, is it's, that it's shocking kind of, to you? 
it's sort of disappointing. I was like, well, I'll just teach you all together. Right. And this kid hates science. And this right. kid loves science. And this kid hates history. And this kid loves history. And I'm like, if we could all just be on the same right. page for one day, you know, like, no. Wouldn't it be great? It just, no, I know. Again, it's that messiness. And it's, mm-hmm. there's a trusting. People say trust the process. I feel like I want to trust the God who created the process. Like, yeah. For each of our kids, that process is different. And that means that I do not have to have my fingerprints on every single part of that process. There's a letting yeah. go that mm-hmm. has to come and a trusting, yeah. you know, entrusting our kids to God's into God's hands. And, you know, I have prayed that so many times over the years when I've just been like, I don't know if I'm I'm doing enough. Am I am I giving this kid what he really needs? You know, and just praying, Lord, would you yeah. just give us wisdom? That's what we need. We need wisdom. And I'm going to trust you to bring along mentors or experiences or whatever our kids yeah. need. Just help me not to miss it. You know, open my eyes so I see it and take it and recognize it as something from you and then walk in it. You know, that's that was just always my prayer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if a mom suspects her child might be dyslexic, what would be her next steps? You've kind of mentioned a few, but could you kind of do it a little more and maybe a bullet point type of thing? Yeah, so if you, if you suspect that your child's dyslexic and you're homeschooling, then uh, I would definitely subscribe to my yes, newsletter yes. Um, because there's lots of uh, tips and ideas and curriculum. But there's you really the first step is really getting educated. Mm-hmm. It's fig. You've got to understand what dyslexia is. You know that it's not based on intelligence. It's it's a processing. Uh, delay or processing glitch or difference, right. um, that it's genetic. Like first you got to understand it, know what the signs are, know that a lot of our kids sometimes have attention issues, which is a whole other ball of wax. And that is um, something that really affects homeschooling, mm-hmm. right? And then um, finding out what curriculum works better, what's teaching methods work better, you know, um, I'll just throw out there like the Charlotte Mason. I read Karen Andriola's book a hundred years ago when we first started homeschooling on uh, uh, a Charlotte Mason companion and like highlighted half the book and read it five times. And it was just so revolutionary as a traditional school lover mm-hmm. to, to be like nature study, art study, right. what? Short lessons, like reading books. Oh, wow. Narration. But the Charlotte Mason method is just a very natural, mm-hmm. organic kind of mm-hmm. approach to educating the whole child. You know, I think traditional academics tends to focus on, you know, academics and not so much on, um, you know, the enjoyment of our world mm-hmm. and, the, and the caring of others right. and the beauty of art or nature and things, things, things like Observing. that. Observing. So, um, yeah. You know, Get educated um, is important to find uh, methods that work. Um, you can find a lot of that on my yeah. site. And then um, just like know that they will learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, you know, there's something that we, there's two, t- two sort of paths that we take with educating our kids that learn differently. One is remediation, which is fixing the foundation. So that's your Orton-Gillingham reading program. It's your multi-sensory math. It's your specialized handwriting program or delayed handwriting program or whatever. And then there's accommodations. And accommodations are a big part of homeschooling kids with dyslexia. And so what an accommodation is, is the way to help our kids learn at their, ac- or their intellectual ability, despite 
their difficulties with reading, writing, right. spelling, whatever. So that would be um, listening to books instead of reading them. That, which is, I highly recommend. Like they should be listening to books every day. Um, being able to speak their answers. So I remember, you know, with my youngest or my oldest when he was young, you know, trying to fill out workbook pages and. And I don't know how long it took me to figure out that this was just not going to work, you know, probably not that long because it was really painful. (laughs) And then I was just like, I was like, hey, why don't you just tell me the answers? And it was like beautiful conversations. And I was like, well, that's throughout. I was like, well, we won't be using that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, These are accommodations. So there are changes that you make, and you're, and a lot of parents are probably already making right. these accommodations because they just need to. All they need to know is that it's good to use. Yes. <laughs> it's not cheating. Yes. Because basically what's happening is by giving your kids, say, a multiplication cheat sheet, you know, like a math facts chart so they can figure out their math facts, um, is you're allowing them to continue in a math, never, ever stop the math program until they learn their math facts, because that <laughs> might not happen for a few, uh, quite a while, you know. Um, so these, this is a big part of homeschooling kids with dyslexia and, you know, other learning issues, right. shorter lessons, using accommodations, letting them speak their answers, um, doing hands-on things, um, video things like yeah. that, that, yeah. that help them to learn easier. Exactly. And I think that's the important thing is to recognize that those are just, those are all very, they're, it's totally fine to use those ways. It's not yes. cheating. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it, yeah, it's not, it's just, you're, like you said, it's accommodating your child and the way that they learn. And that is the beauty of homeschooling is that we can do yes. that. And what we want you to do moms is to do it without feeling guilty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you're do if you're doing that and you're feeling guilty, you can just kick that that guilt to the curb and just embrace, you know, what what you're doing and what's working for your child. I think that's just so important. Are there any other like important things that a mom should remember if her child has been diagnosed or maybe a better way to put it would be how would you encourage a mom who let's just say she, now she knows, she knows for sure that her child has yeah dyslexia and she, maybe she's dealing with the fear and the doubts and the things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's really important to, to just remember that your child is smart. Mm-hmm. Your child is, um, was created by God with purpose that they can know. Um, and that's important that they know that. Um, and you know, to, to just, uh, yeah, I would say you've got to understand that your kid is mm-hmm. smart and capable right. and that, that I mean, I've had of my five kids who have graduated, um, two have gone to college. One just graduated with honors with a science degree and she barely passed algebra in high school. <laughs> like, like it was bad. It was really bad. But, and, and I'll tell you uh, um, something that's really important. And I'm sure you talk about this all the time, Dorenda, but that is that, our kids, once our kids find the thing that gets them excited mm-hmm. about life, like find their purpose, mm-hmm. essentially, you don't have to nag them to learn their math. You don't have to nag them to 
get up in the morning, you know, because they want to. And that's a very large part of all of my adult kids' mm-hmm. successes mm-hmm. wherever they lie, is that once they found the thing that they really wanted to do, they knew how to learn. They had the confidence. We offered the support. So that might mean five years of college, six years of college, right? Because it takes them longer to get through. It might mean delaying college or for um, advanced education for a few years for a kid who's less mature. It looks very different, but, but that is something that we can be doing every single day is allowing our kids to pursue their interests and kind of supporting those things, you know, um, kind of the unschooling thing, except that we do academics too, is just, is just being observant of your child and saying, what kinds of things do they, are they drawn to and how can we um, help them with that without being pushy? Right. Exactly. Um, And not all their interests have to lead to a career, but the, the, the whole process, all the processes that are going on while they're pursuing that interest, even if it's just for a season, all feed into um, into their, you know, just higher learning. And, you know, because when yeah. they're interested in something, there's so many gears going at the same time and you can't force that or make that happen. And that's what makes letting them follow their interests um, just such an efficient and effective way to, um, you know, as part of their education, it's it's very efficient and effective. And I talk yeah. about this in the four-hour school day, just how, what a difference that makes. Um, and I think yeah. that's, you know, that's something that we did was, you know, we're, we're making sure that the foundational things are happening every day at a, at a pace that's doable, yeah. um, and, but we're faithful to just plod along. So much of it is just plodding. Uh, but then there's time in the day for them to margin in the day for them to pursue their interests. And they know they're going to get to do that. That's part of what motivated my kids to get through those foundational yeah. things every morning is that they uh-huh. knew the afternoon they would be able to just pursue hotly whatever they wanted to. So yeah, that's, I love that. It's just such a, and it's such a beautiful process to watch as well. You know, when, when yeah. you start to relax and you start to just trust the God of the process and, and start yeah. to just observe the, the flow that begins to happen. There's sort of a rhythm that starts to happen. And, and, um, and then, you know, days turn into weeks, into months. And then, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're just seeing this beautiful progression that really I feel like only the Lord can put together, but it requires us sometimes to just get out of the way and stop yeah. being fretful and, you know, let, let that process unfold. Um, so I have a, a question. Um, is there a simple, unhurried way to homeschool kids with dyslexia? I feel like we kind of covered that. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, I think we've kind of covered it. I, I do um, believe in remediation. Right. I think that it's important to get some good, you know, hands-on multi-sensory curriculum to teach reading and math um, and then pursuing interests, especially in the elementary school age. Well, you know, for primarily, and then uh, we did use like a history spine um, and then we branched off of that and we'd often just choose a subject of history, you know, but we always end up going off because like going off on tangents, you know, reading about Ernest Shackleton's adventures right. this year with my boys and just looking at the world map and looking up 
all these different things that come up that we weren't aware of, you know, Um, learning about how weather's different in the Southern Hemisphere. And it's just so many things that you can just learn by reading aloud. So I would say, you know, always having some kind of read aloud going on, no matter how slowly you go through it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, And and to me, that's that's simple, that's unhurried. And because it's, it's, you're taking basically one core thing and it's a jumping off point for all kinds of other things, yeah. you know, like, right. and it's kind of as, you know, we can, we can initiate some of the little bunny trails, but we can let them initiate some of those as well. So. Right. And it's, it's connected learning, right. which is really important. Yeah. Um, you know, when, you know, if I were to tell my kids about weather and about the Southern hemisphere and blah, 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 and the uh, tropic of whatever, um, you know. It would mean nothing. There would to be them. no connection. No, right. but when there is a connection, um, it's it just makes it stick. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. It, it doesn't see it doesn't seem schooly, right? Because there's no worksheet or quiz right. associated with it. But there is a lot of learning that goes right. On. And we're not we're not. Uh, it doesn't feel like we've just pulled something out of the air and now we're just trying to you know get them to hear us and understand and learn. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. Still. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So the uh, actually a last question I have. Let's just say that you've got a mom who now realizes her child is dyslexic. Maybe they've been in the school system. They know they're pulling them out, but they also know they're behind. Mm-hmm. So would they start kind of at the same place that you were talking about where like, you know, go to your website, look at, you know, the start here, kind of educating themselves a little bit more. Um, they're going to be a little concerned. There's going to be this struggle, I think. They're going to want to obviously educate themselves, but they're also worried because their child is behind. So, you know, so they're going to be fretting about what should I do? How do I, how do they navigate that? Yeah. Well, you can search in my, on the blog of my site and put in the word behind okay. because there's a couple posts on that. <laughs> um, like, but my first question is behind what, right. you know, like, what are you actually behind? And so one of the first steps in starting to homeschool is kind of shedding that public school mentality Mm -hmm. of like, you know, um, do not spend your whole homeschool life trying to catch up. Don't do it. It's just, it's just, it's, it's not going to end well Mm -hmm. for anybody. It makes, I find that as I look back at my homeschooling years, the times where I got stressed and tried to make my fit kids fit into the box was the times where, things didn't go well. Like I was angry or irritated. My kids were resistant and frustrated because I was like, well, you're in this grade, so you're going to do this, you know, and here, boom, to figure it out or whatever, you know, I don't do that anymore, but I used to do stuff like that. And I I still have the tendency. I just know better than to do it. (laughs) Um, so, um, sorry, I lost track of what we were, We're my point was. You know, the child's behind and they, maybe they pulled them out oh, of school right. or they yeah. just realized now um, that they have dyslexia and they're now they're really behind and they're, they want to understand it, but they're worried about their child. Right. I, I think so, what you said was really good, like behind what? And the other thing is, um, you know, if you, if you take that public school mentality out of your head, all of a sudden that's a game changer. Um, you, it really is. And it's hard to get it out it of is, your head. It is. It really is. Um, but, um, you have to teach reading and math sequentially. Like you can't put your child in sixth grade math because they're in sixth grade, but 
but the school bus bumped them along because they don't have a place for a sixth grader who doesn't understand addition and subtraction. Right. So they just keep bumping them along, you know, and giving them a C and writing notes home and telling you at home, like, you need to do more with your kid, you know, right. <laughs> um, or whatever, um, to um, teach them where they're at. So right. a lot of programs do have like a placement test. Right. So you could do a placement test for your math. You mm-hmm. could do a placement test for your reading. And even if you they're placed in something that's fairly simple, you know, um, they'll just go through it quickly yeah. and then they'll fill in the gaps. And some kids are sensitive to that. They'll be like, this is babyish. I did this in kindergarten or I did this in first grade. I don't want to do this. And you just, you know, you have to kind of tell them, well, we're just reviewing. We're just going to catch up. You know, we'll get up there soon or or skip some right, problems, right. you know. Do every like other problem adjust. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Just, um, you know, be, feel free to individualize right, right. it to exactly. your Exactly. Yeah. I kind of looked um, when I had to do that, I would, I would kind of look for the, the curriculum options that didn't really indicate what grade level that was yeah. <laughs> so they wouldn't know yeah. you know that I've you know that. so anyway all right so last I want to um just ways that mom can connect moms can connect with you we, you mentioned the website is that the mm-hmm. best place for them to find you yeah I'm not super active on social media I just you know I get it I just don't have time totally for it. it um I do have a Facebook page where I post articles of interest but there's a lot of good articles on my site um my books are both, you know, I mean, of course I love my books, but they're both good way to mm-hmm. get the Reader's Digest version of my take on dyslexia and education and homeschooling. Um, I do have a little membership site. It's like $15 a month and we have a, a like an expert speaker each month and we have a live chat where we just get together like this on zoom or i don't know if this is going to show video but um we get together on zoom and just talk about what's going on and get your questions asked and it's a great way to just connect with other moms Mm um and then um yeah so those are good ways to perfect and can they get the books are they only available on your website or can they go to amazon and get them uh, Amazon's okay. better. So we'll we'll make sure that we put all those links in the in the show notes okay, for everybody perfect. and they can mm-hmm. um they can connect with you. Well thank you, Marianne, for being here. Thanks, Dorenda. It was fun. All right, we're gonna go ahead and end in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time together and we just pray that every mom that's listening would be incredibly encouraged and that you would begin to cast a vision for them um, when it comes to homeschooling. Their kids that have um just are we don't want to say struggling learners, but they're different learners. Lord, I love that. I think you have just created us all so uniquely and it's such a beautiful thing. And I just pray that every mom here would be able to embrace that and walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.